Hey guys, uh, we've never done this podcast with uh, four people before. Mikey, how long do you think this is going to take? Forever. Forever. Because we're doing the Sandlot. 20th Century Fox presents... Hey guys, it's the Sandlot, baby! You're the ones that's making all that racket. <laughs> A lifetime of adventure. <laughs> What up, podcast world? It's your guy, Tom Runger, checking in again with yet another episode of the highly popular Varsity Views, the podcast where we take an overly critical and unnecessarily thorough deep dive into the world of sports films. Today, I am joined by Mike Gassett and Ryan Haggerty. We may have Chris Chin joining us in a bit, but he is serving a uh, first half of the episode suspension for some incendiary comments he had about Rudy's friend Pete a few episodes ago. Uh, No pun intended on the incendiary uh, (laughs) vocabulary there. Uh, All right, Mikey, how's it going? How are you feeling this fine evening? I'm doing great, Tom. How are you? I am great. Ryan, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. Just ready to dive into an all-American classic movie right here. All-American classic is right. All right, as always, we like to start with a real brief one-two-sentence plot overview to catch the listeners up. The movie Sandlot was released in April of 1993, and the one-sentence plot synopsis is, in the summer of 1962, a new kid in town is taken under the wing of a young baseball prodigy and his rowdy team, resulting in many adventures. As we said, Sandlot was released in 1993, and it grossed $32 million U.S. That sounded a little low to me, but what can we do? And speak of the devil, we have a special guest. Chris Chin has just hopped on the line. Uh, Chris, um, before we get started here, the floor is yours. I know you wanted to apologize for some of your comments in the Rudy podcast. Uh, take it away. Uh, I know you've gotten a lot of blowback from from some of those insensitive remarks. Uh, what would you like to say to our 12 listeners? Thanks, thanks for that opportunity to apologize. The only apology I have is for the listeners that they weren't given uh, the true audio, unedited version. Um, the, the host of this podcast is an absolute animal, <laughs> savage, whatever you'd like. All right, let's dive into Sandlot. One of the most here. dishonest men I've ever met in my life, and the only regret I have in his life is that I've decided to associate with him. <laughs> and speaking of deciding to associate with, Sandlot is all about friendships here. Uh, Your segues film, could not be worse. <laughs> this film center, centers around, as we said, a neighborhood crew of buddies. Um, this is a classic. I'd say this is a film we, we've all grown up with. 
you know, your, your, your classic boys of summer tale. So we, we like to just start by going over uh, some first initial thoughts and remarks. Uh, a lot of times these are films we haven't seen, you know, in a couple of years or in a while. Uh, Mikey, jump in first. T- what were your thoughts? Most recent rewatch of this film. What what kind of stuck out to you? Um, I mean, I, I I don't know if this is too aggressive to say. This is easily in my top three favorite movies of all time, and I think it always will be. This movie is just so good. No, just movies in general. That's how right. good this movie is. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it, it, I've probably seen this movie over a hundred times, and I still love it. All right, bold bold claim. Uh, Ags, you want to follow up? What, what what stuck out to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a great movie. I would say in the spirit of this podcast and taking an overly critical view, I have a lot of comments for the crew of this movie from pretty much everyone who was a part of the film who wasn't an actor. I, I got something for Interesting. All right. Good, uh, good teaser. We're, we're getting better at this podcasting thing, throwing some bones out for the uh, listeners. Um, Chin, what were your thoughts? Sandlot. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't rewatch it. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm going off pure memory and I plan on uh, taking down everyone's takes. All right. So your job is to be the devil's advocate here, the, the take hunter. Absolutely. I love, I love how right is you're like, we're getting better at this podcast. He's like, oh, yeah, I didn't watch it. <laughs> and Jim's video cut out as well. There's there's very few things. There's very few qualifications for being a guest on this podcast. I thought one of them was viewing the film we're talking about. But, you know, you learn something new every day. Honestly, you've set the standards lady. pretty low on the podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, I'd say for me, uh, initial takeaways, definitely, you know, I loved watching this film as a younger kid. Um, I hadn't seen it in a while. So seeing it, seeing it again, obviously, yeah, I feel like the nature of this podcast leaves us a little jaded as we're kind of looking for holes or looking for issues with these films. And as Ryan said, definitely found quite a few of those. Um, but overall, it's just a fun watch. It's, you know, it's, it's got some nice humor in it. It's, it's got some good moments. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, Let's dig in a little bit. Let's talk about the plot here. Um, One of the first things, so actually when we're talking about first things that popped out, I don't know if this stood out to anyone else, just like a sign of the times of like how popular baseball used to be and how it's kind of fallen off. It's like one of the very first lines, he he mentioned something like, oh, this summer that I moved, uh," then he like throws out some obscure like Dodgers player and he's like, oh, he, he broke the single season stolen bases record. So naturally this should have been the best summer ever. It was like, could not have like mattered less in the grand scheme of anything. Like it's not even that important of a record. Uh, did anyone else notice that? I was like, what the heck? Uh, it's like, that's something people used to care about. Like people used to care about baseball stats and baseball records more. And it, it just, that line didn't age well in my mind. What do you guys think? I hope no baseball fans listen to this because I would think <laughs> I would argue that uh, baseball fandom is alive and well at the moment. But uh, you think so? Did anyone know who that player was that he referenced there? I didn't even jot down his name. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> well, uh, actually, no, we cops to him. We we like to do this. This this will be good setting up some context for the film. Uh, we we kind of like to go and, and give you know we did this for Rudy with like our different fandoms or our different experiences and uh, so for this one I mean Mikey has definitely the most baseball experience. He played up through high school. 
Uh, I played baseball up until eighth grade. I'm, I'm a decent baseball fan, but it's definitely not my favorite sport. Uh, uh, that's, that's highly up for debate. <laughs> what, that I'm a decent fan? Whatever. Chin uh, Hags, how would you rate your like baseball knowledge slash fandom status? Uh, of the of the White Sox, I'd say decently solid. Um, but of the entire Major League Baseball association, terrible. Fair. Hags? Yeah, I'd say I'm about a 4 out of 10 overall. All right. So there you have it, fans. <laughs> Here, here's where we're at. But, I mean, at the end of the day, this isn't completely uh, a baseball film. Like, it has a ton of baseball elements, but it's also just like a, you know, coming-of-age film and, and like a friendship film and all that sappy stuff. What were some things that either, like, you'd forgotten about or shit that came up uh, that, that caught your attention? Anyone? I think some of the best parts of this movie that I like you only get on like multiple rewatches is just like when they are playing like all like the random smack talk that's going on in like the background. It's like not even like the main like script, but just like you'll hear it in the background of squints, just like yelling stuff. And it's just like that, that's very true to life of just like any time you're just getting together with your buddies and like playing like anything like you're just talking shit the entire time. And I thought I, I thought that was all like really funny. I feel like every time you listen to it, you hear you hear something else. I'll definitely agree with that. I uh I, I like to watch TV shows and movies with with subtitles. I don't know. I'm just weird. Um, and the chatter, like the the subtitles of all the like background chatter, was pretty hilarious. Like seeing it. And for me, what the scene that stuck out that that, that applied to was the the s'more scene where they're in the uh, treehouse and uh, Ham is showing Smalls how to make a s'more. If you like listen carefully and hear like the background, you like it's like oh yeah, make me one. Yeah 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 yeah. And then like one of the kids is like oh you're gonna burn us down, Ham. And like they're just the chatter in the background during that uh, explanation scene is pretty hilarious too, but definitely during some of the baseball scenes that pops up. Uh, so yeah, I like that. I wonder how much of that was just the kids kind of freelancing versus uh, actually like scripting exactly what for them to say. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Very true to life. Do you think they were given those child, child actors uh, that kind of creative freedom just to, <laughs> to improv throughout the script or not? <laughs> I don't know. Digging into digging into some of the research from this film, I know they shot this thing quick as balls. I think I think the film time quick was as like, balls is that a <laughs> phrase that's out there? It was a short film schedule. I think it was like forty days. Um, and also, this is forty days. That is outrageous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, the that kind of film takes place in like one scene. It'd be shocked it took that long. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it takes place in one scene? What do you? They go all like over. They the literally place. they go to the sandlot and they go to the pool. That's that's no. it. Uh, and then Benny the, sprints the around the town. Yeah, ben, Benny sprints around the town for, for about forty-five minutes at a hundred percent speed. Uh, you're forgetting the carnival bar fest, and you're forgetting the scenes in Smalls's loveless family home. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, there's a lot of love in that family. Come on, man. It's probably because. <laughs> Speaking of small family, they had to get Dennis Leary back to another movie, <laughs> a la Vincent Entourage. Uh, they gave him 40 days, and he's <laughs> like, oh, if you could film Sandlot in 40 days, you can have your break. I don't know uh, Dennis Leary's IMDb, but I bet he had something around the same time. He sucks in this movie. <laughs> Are we saying this is his apex? <laughs> oh, come on. Actually... No. Coming out party, I would argue. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like come okay <laughs> I, I won't ask for clarification um yeah all right fuck shoot let's <laughs> let's jump into the categories because as as we're, we're clearly floundering early um for the categories we'll, we'll hit on a lot of these scenes as we go and we can pop back circle around but you know, as is the custom for varsity views, we're, we're critiquing sports films. And so one of the big things we like to do is critique the sports scenes, uh, how realistic they are, you know, how true to life they appear. Um, again, we know Sandlot like isn't, you know, trying to portray a major league team or, or something like that. But as far as the sports scenes go or the sports uh, moments within the film, what what were the overall thoughts? Did you think uh, they were pretty true to life, pretty realistic? Uh, anything that was kind of questionable in the sports scenes? Let's let's get some dialogue going here. Um, I obviously, like I mentioned, I'm like a four out of ten baseball guy, but I thought the playing scenes for the most part were pretty accurate, pretty good camera angles uh, in terms of like kind of showing the ball going around the diamond and different guys out in different positions. Uh, I do, and I, I won't take too much time now, but the famous put up your mitt scene is <laughs> maybe one of the craziest sports scenes in, in history on a couple levels. That one lacked some accuracy, but uh, other than that, the general just kind of like playing pickup baseball looked pretty legit. Yeah, we, we've got to dedicate at least five minutes. I, I've done the coaches challenge. So once we get there, I'd say let's set aside at least five minutes to discuss that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I agree on the fielding scenes. I thought some of the fielding scenes where they're like turning double plays on non-existent, uh, base runners and stuff like, like some of those are pretty good and they were kind of working the ball around the horn and stuff. Uh, that, that was good stuff. Uh, I had a little bit more issue with some of the hitting scenes. Like there, there were a bunch of times you could tell that like the pitch would get thrown, the guy would make contact and you could see the ball like shoot off to the right. Like it was a foul ball, you know, and then it like cut to the next shot and like the ball was like a home run or like you could tell that that's not where that ball would have gone based on the contact that was made. Um, my other big, bad. that's just bad editing. That's yeah, I agree. Like I, said, I got, I got something for, for everyone on the staff. How about how about if you guys remember this? It's pretty early on. Uh, Benny hits a hits a fly ball out to Squints in the outfield, and and he catches the fly with probably the worst form I've ever seen. He kind of does the does the basket catch like just you know that that's not how they teach you in little league. So I took I took issue with that specifically. Uh, anything to you, Mikey, the the baseball star of the crew here? Well, thank you for that designation. Um, you know, I, I, at first I was kind of like, I, I was on the same boat where I'm like, yeah, I, a lot of these scenes like look just kind of like shitty and stuff. And like, you know, when they first start, Scotty's like, oh, and these kids were good. They were real good. And then it like shows them like turning a double play that takes like 12 minutes to actually make the turn. Um, and I'm like, these guys suck. What are you talking about? But then you, you got to also remember that these kids are like, how old are they supposed to be in this they're, movie? I, I think they're like 11. Another right. great so question. Like, they're, they're, they're very young. So I think it's. When you take that into account, I think all the scenes are actually fairly accurate for, like, the age that these kids are. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're definitely, like, yeah, they're young kids that you have to take into account, so. I, um, I do have some qualms with the, the uh, when they play that other team who just, I mean, that team looks, like, a lot more professional. You'd think they'd have at least have, like, a practice or two in, and, like, I mean, that's literally just some of the worst just sports play I've ever seen in anything, <laughs> What was this? Did they ever show the score of that game? Because like just from I mean, I'm pretty at, sure Benny alone puts up like 12 home runs. 
Yeah. It was kind of like a Monstars Space Jam type scenario. I mean, they just kept showing clips of people crossing home plate, like, in the same inning. I mean, they literally show a hitting montage, and I'm pretty sure every single person on the Sandlot roster hits a home run. I actually had so actually that that reminds me I had some I took issue with there were some uh, pretty severe uh, throwing throwings of the bats not bat flips but throwings of the bats coming out of the box and I very specifically remember from my baseball playing days if you threw the bat you were automatically out we had a guy in our team who always did that no, there are no umps here. This yeah. is just the sandlot ball. Come on. That's, <laughs> that's a good point. It's a street ball, baby. Oh, is baseball not a gentleman's game? Can we not call ourselves out did, for a... <laughs> did you hear the smack talk that was happening? Uh, yeah. Hamilton literally tried to solicit the one guy's naked sister. <laughs> uh, let's not jump ahead too much because uh, exactly. I think we have a category for that, Stian. <laughs> um, uh, but, but my question really is, like, that team was clearly, like, fucking horrible. Like, why are you going around stuck, like, talking shit to people if, like, you know you can't back it up? Yeah, I would have rather that been, like, a good competitive baseball game, but the Sandlot team, like, squeaked it out or, like, made some big plays down the stretch. Like, I... I mean, yeah, it was literally just like not it, it was, you know, a 30 to nothing game and stuff. Oh, we beat the crap out of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. Um, my only other beef. With the, yeah, my only other beef with the uh, with the sports scenes is the sports advice given in this film is awful. Um, his his uh, stepdad, oh, Dennis Leary, giving him the, you know, like, keep your eye on the ball. Uh, just not great advice. The. Obviously, we'll... no. <laughs> I don't understand. You're supposed to watch the ball into your mitt. The kid took it literally and caught the ball with his eye. Exactly. And and that's fine to give him that advice, but to give him that as the sole advice you give someone the first time they ever play catch is kind of questionable. Well, to throw him a curveball his first time. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't question it as much as the kids like clearly can't catch a single like easy toss <laughs> and he drops a deuce on him. Like what? <laughs> And like Scotty's just black and blue. He's like, gotta watch out for that curve, you idiot. Like, what? <laughs> Slaps a steak on his face. Oh that, my god. That. Uh, that sound editing guy deserves something because that you really hear that steak smack. I, I think there's a lot of like uh, uh, child abuse coming out in Dennis Leary on Scotty Smalls in those scenes. <laughs> All right, we've got we've got the tagline for this episode: Dennis Leary drops a deuce on child actor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, also at the end when Smalls is now playing catch with Leary again, but now that he can actually play baseball, like Dennis Leary is clearly showing him the motion of how to throw a curveball. And again, aren't you like not supposed to really start throwing a curveball until you're like in high school? So, uh, and of course, let's let's use this as the transition to the uh, uh, coaches challenge. Um, the Benny, just stick your glove in the air. Uh, coaches <laughs> challenge. This is where we discuss some unrealistic moments, some plot holes, overall questions. Sounds like we have a lot for this, but Hags, you can take it away first with the uh, the the hit by Benny. Yeah, just the the smalls catch. Yeah, I'll keep it high level so we can chat through the the nitty gritty details. But it's basically two part. First of all. Benny telling Smalls to hold his glove up and then proceeding to hit the ball into his glove has to be the most clutch moment in sports history. <laughs> I mean, the odds of, of doing that is incredible. And if he misses, he just makes Smalls look even worse. Uh, so that's incredible. 
But then part two, which I actually have a bigger qualm with, is Smalls, who has yet to throw a ball, has run the ball into the infield every time, and has not made one catch, then fires a ball into the infield after making that catch like directly into Squince's mitt. And they're just like, okay, okay. So I just like the learning curve of that five seconds for Smalls from like catching that ball and throwing a laser into the infield. Like where had that been for months? Sometimes yeah. it just clicks, man. It just clicked. Them right there. <laughs> I mean, he did, he did give him the advice of like, throw it like a paper route. So like maybe well, if Smalls this was I beef that. with Smalls as well. It was like, okay, like his first throw. I mean, like you could break down that for like an hour. Like, I mean, he must have like some sort of mental disability with the way he throws. Oh, oh here, here we go. Here he comes. I mean, like, if you've ever thrown anything in your life, like, you know, and then he's like, hey, have you ever, like, thrown a paper route? And he's like, oh, of course, that's similar to throwing a baseball. I guess I'll just do that. Like, like, they say Scotty Smalls is, like, this brilliant kid. I'm like, no, you're an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, it does stand to reason. It's uh, the fact that, again, he makes one catch and suddenly he's, like, a fully functional baseball player is very suspect. But, I mean... Going back to the hit itself and the catch, like, let, let's say we're, you know, picking a major league baseball player and we're giving him the task of hitting the ball into an outfielder's outstretched glove. Like, how many tries do you think it takes? Like, 50 at least for, for that to get pulled off by, like, an MLB player? I think way more than that. <laughs> more even. I, I, I literally don't know if it's possible. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely possible. It doesn't move. Like, it just has his eyes closed. It literally hits No, him. like, that would take hundreds of hits. Also, the fact that, again, even if it hit his glove, like, to, like, then just, like, close his glove around it, and, yeah, it, it's all questionable. I mean, also, that's, like, exceedingly dangerous. Like, I, where's the deleted <laughs> scene of Scotty Smalls just, like, taking one to the face and, like, like literally dying? Well, hey, either, either way, that would another. hurt like an entire fly ball, like all the way like to left field, and he's just got his hand up there like an idiot, and he just like takes it up to like. To the yeah, point. I mean, like, Smalls I, is out for the summer. The, the the beef again with the editing there, like clearly they show like the trajectory of the ball he hits is a, a rocket, and then they like edit in this like slow motion falling ball right into his mitt that it just it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's to, that's to it. your point as well of it being like easy to do. It's baseball players aren't like trying to drop the baseball into spots. They <laughs> just like hit for power or they hit to like a certain area of the field. They're not that precise about it, I feel like. Right. Yeah. So so Benny's the greatest greatest uh accuracy hitter of all time. I don't know. Well let's hey, let's let's Well, that's get on. clearly untrue as well, I feel like. And this is something I wanted to bring up in this in this segment. Go ahead. Well, I, I don't know if we're at this part of the movie, but when they get to the very end and they're showing how Benny has become like this major league baseball player, why is he like a pinch runner that steals home? Like, why don't they give like some Mike Trout esque like montage of him like mashing balls, stealing bases, like fielding like nobody's business, <laughs> but instead he comes in as a pinch runner? Well, yeah, no, like, I definitely literally one of my biggest complaints with this movie. It never makes sense to me. Well, no, it, it, okay. I get that it's, like, not that impressive, but I, I think the reason they do that is because, like, the whole sort of climax of the film is, like, oh, he pickled the beast, and, like, oh, this was such... You like, like, they put a lot of emphasis 
in this film on like pickles, like, Oh my God, a pickle is happening. This is the craziest thing. So like, and then again, his legendary thing he had to do was pickle the beast to get this ball back. So like, it kind of makes sense to me in that regard that like, that's sort of what made his legend, you know, but I do agree that it just had him on third and be like, Oh, and, and a triple by Benny, the jet Rodriguez. Then he steals home. Like why do you have to insult him by making him a pinch runner? Yeah, that was uh, that was like a left-handed compliment to him. Like, oh, he's in the majors, but he's like a one-tool guy, and he's just a base runner, and that's really it. Plus, he, plus speed. <laughs> plus, plus speed for sure. He looks kind of he looks kind of old. So I'm always fig- and they say like, oh, you know, they say the Jets lost a step or two, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some fireworks. So like, maybe he used to be more of a serviceable player, but now he's kind of like a one-trick pony. Um, like it also looks like just like Raphael Palmero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun fact, you want a little fun tidbit? Uh, the dude who plays older Benny is the older brother of the actor who plays younger Benny. So that's his actual brother. And that scene. the actor who played the younger Benny was a plus-plus speed guy in a different <laughs> famous children's sports movie as Luis Mendoza on skates. <laughs> And ironically, in that film, his big uh, his big beef was he couldn't stop. Whereas in Sandlot, he's a stop and stop and go type speed guy. So there you go. Um, what a what a range for that actor. Here, here, here's a coach's challenge moment I had, uh, somewhat similar, but the Benny hitting the uh, the cover off the ball, like number one, that's absurd. <laughs> number two if if you hit a ball so hard that you literally knock the cover off that ball is traveling like four towns over but it ends up then being a routine fly ball to to smalls in left field like that scene i i, I had so many qualms with that scene uh smalls, who smalls still catches has that up. Yeah, know, he catches yeah, that by the way no yeah he catches the the inner part of the ball and then like they're like oh this is the most incredible thing like if he Again, I, I think like we could do some mythbusters and it might be, you know, physically impossible to actually knock the the laces off a ball, assuming it's like a somewhat newer ball and not like falling apart. But then if you did knock the laces off the ball, I mean, have it go over the fucking fence. Like, what are we doing here? I'm not sure about that, though, because without the laces, you're losing a lot of that like streamline. Like you're going to get a lot of wind resistance, all that's flopping around. You might you might get stopped. I the think amount that's of pretty airtight. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, here we go. The airtight <laughs> argument. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I get what they were trying to do there, but it didn't work. <laughs> I mean, it's literally the inner. No, I don't know what it actually is. Mikey said, don't jump down my throat. But in the movie, it looked like the inside of the baseball was like a bunch of yarn and strings that went in. That's like what it is. Walls. That is what yeah. it is. So how do you think that a basically a ball of string is going to continue to travel at that <laughs> trajectory when the cover comes off? I mean That's it's tight. Okay. All right. Two verse one. You're out, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> chin, chin, you're supposed to be the take hunter. Go hit, the, go hit the cover off a ball okay. time. Yeah, that is a terrible take, Tommy. Like that was terrible. <laughs> like especially because the cover comes off and then that's essentially like a sail going against the the same direction so it's holding it up even more you're just a terrible take all right the ball was hit with the amount of power as in like there was literally dynamite in his bat it's, <laughs> it's highly unrealistic I'm, well the cork bat i mean that's a whole nother argument we can get into. 
All right. Here's one. Uh, I didn't notice this until the most recent rewatch. So James Earl Jones's character is Mr. Myrtle. Uh, in the flashback scene with the, and I looked on, on IMDb to confirm this in the flashback scene with like Mr. Myrtle's junkyard, blah, 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 this or that. Uh, Mr. Myrtle is white. <laughs> 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 and then James Earl Jones clearly is not. So, like, I, is, is there a question in this take? Or <laughs> is this just like... Is Look this just again, like, he's light-skinned. Look again. <laughs> is this like revisionist history? Like, is like squints well, the kids, revealing... the kids don't know what Mr. Myrtle actually looks like. Oh. So I think they're, just, they're, they're talking about what they probably know more, which is probably more white people. That's a fair take. All right, moving on. Mike, what was it? Airtight, airtight That's argument? That's right. That's right. Keep trying to poke holes in Samod. You will not do it. <laughs> All right, here's my here's my last attempt. This one this one kind of gets into metaphysics and stuff, so you're going to have to stay with me. Okay. <laughs> We're still talking about the Sandlot, right? <laughs> when the ghost when the ghost Babe Ruth enters uh, Benny's consciousness <laughs> slash comes to him in a dream, he takes a physical artifact from Benny's room being the Henry Aaron rookie card by that logic, it would stand to reason that he has physical capabilities in the, uh, current world. Therefore, why can't the fucking babe just sign a new baseball card for the kids and fix their problem for them? Well, first of all, it wasn't a baseball card. So sign the baseball, sign the fucking baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my question to you is, do, I mean, yes, Ghost Babe Ruth takes the card, but do we know that the actual physical card when Benny wakes up is gone? Um, no, that, we don't. That could have been that, that could have been a dream card. All right, that's fair. All right. My, uh, my bigger beef with that is like Ghost Babe Ruth shows up to Benny and he's like, "Oh, like so you need you got to go get this ball, right?" And Benny's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "We'll just go get it." Like, did you like? <laughs> Did Ghost Babe Ruth really think it was that easy? And Benny was like, oh, of course. My bad. Thanks, babe. I mean, that. I mean, that's one of my top scenes from the film, so I thought it was completely necessary. You're the uh, one that just tried to pick it apart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dang it. I thought, I thought I was going somewhere. I just wanted to use the term metaphysics. I don't think I used it properly, but... Um, yeah, I just felt good about myself for the five seconds before that argument got unraveled. If you um, want to get into some some physics coaches challenges, the vomit spew during the <laughs> chaw scene. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of questions. There should have been a lot more upset patrons of that ride. And <laughs> the actual like orange, whatever they used for the fake vomit all over these kids shirts was absolutely disgusting. Uh, my my Internet research also revealed that I, for, I forgot it was something stupid. It was like pea soup mixed with like it, it was dumb. But yeah, that vomit looks like first of all, they wouldn't all have the exact same vomit <clears throat> unless they had all eaten the exact same things that day. But um, yeah, that scene was gross. <laughs> Any contributions, Chin? Take Hunter. Nah, those are all airtight. Chin, would you have thought? <laughs> Chin, would you have thought that scene would have been funnier if if uh, Squints had choked on his vomit? <laughs> oh my god! <clears throat> no comment. <laughs> oh, he's not giving me any audio to work with. <laughs> <laughs> he's learned. Can we can we get into what happened to? Uh... 
Scotty's like original father. Oh, oh, let's save let's save that for the post game presser. I, I would like to spend some time on that. All right. Um, Give us right. a little tease. <laughs> yeah. In jail? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, I'm pretty sure they say he's dead. Oh, he's dead? Yeah. Maybe I killed him in prison. My question <laughs> I, I'm working under the theory that Dennis Leary took him out to get to Scotty's hot mom. Uh, and now he's trying to slowly take Scotty out of the picture as well. Jeez. Save, save that for uh, prequels, sequels, or spinoffs. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. We'll come back to that, though. I, I'd, I'd like to spend some time on it. Um, Let's hop into the next category of best quote or scene. All right, let's hop into best quotes, best scenes here. Uh, this film definitely has some very memorable quotes, one-liners, also some pretty cool scenes. Um, Chin, you look like you, you, you need a hand here. Uh, what, what's your favorite scene or quote from this film, if you can remember any? Uh, it's the fireworks scene, and I don't think there's an argument that it's not... <laughs> um, it's very American, right? So uh, I don't think I need to say any more. <laughs> That's crazy that you said that, actually, because I, I recorded this bad boy on cable, so I didn't have to pay to rent it. Uh, <laughs> I think they literally cut that scene out of the, the cable running of this on Freeform because um, I forgot about that scene until you just mentioned it. Uh, but also... God. How long can you really play baseball? Like fireworks last, what, 10 minutes? Like, are you really getting a full game in there is my question. Well, also, I don't, and this was, I wanted to bring this up maybe during Coach's Challenge, but they're not even playing like full games. And it's the equivalent of what they do playing baseball is like the basketball equivalent of like shooting jump shots for like five (laughs) hours straight. They just like hit ground balls to each other and throw them to first, like, where's the like the competition like that wouldn't keep me engaged for five hours so yeah i i'm very confused by that as well it is weird that they don't have a desire to play games or anything yeah i i agree with that uh mikey i saw you nodding your head um no that's a great point um at one point benny says like oh like now i can rotate eight positions instead of seven so I'm pretty sure Benny's just using every single kid in the sandlot to just propel his own career. Skew priorities. <laughs> don't don't yeah. you dare. Yeah. You just gave my I don't I don't even need to say anything. I'll just I will send viewers back to whatever minute mark of the podcast this <laughs> is for Mikey's explanation of Benny's skewed priorities. Maybe maybe that, that quote right there, Mikey, is the uh the teller of why he's just a pinch runner he never got really good at one position and just wrote <laughs> oh, that's a good point play. and he's just a you know uh off day utility guy slash speed guy yeah that makes sense jack of all trades master of none <laughs> um all right, that's a good scene, though, Chin. Good job uh, stating your <laughs> patriotism. Honestly, um, I don't even remember the scene. It's like, did you even watch the movie is my question. Oh, I watched oh, watch the movie. I don't know if I can go favorite scene, but my, my favorite quote is the one that you wanted to open with is I just absolutely love when uh, Wendy Peppercorn first comes into play and, um, you, you know, they, they run back and they're like, what, what took you guys so long? And yeah, yeah, it's like, Squints was pervent a dish. And he's like, Shut up, I was not. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, you were. Your tongue was hanging out. And then I just love Squint's response of like, 
I got a lot of things on my mind. <laughs> you know, he's like eight years old. It's like, what do you really got on your mind? I, I, it kills me every time. All right, I have, I have one note for you. If you're going to do the quote, either go 100% on the impressions or don't go at all. <laughs> Hag's favorite scene? Uh, not a particular scene, more of a um, segment of the movie when they are kind of putting all their brains together, trying to get the ball back from the yard. Uh, gave me some pretty good chuckles seeing some of the... Uh, <laughs> some of the methods they take including putting yeah yeah in a catcher's uh protector and trying to like airdrop him in uh also the catcher's mask with the vacuum that ends in a explosion of a treehouse uh all pretty funny got some good laughs there's some good lines in there um just a good like five or ten minute kind of buffer in the movie that is pretty comical yeah, I don't know if that was Timmy or Tommy or which one of those fucking yeah, those guys are the worst. Timmy. Worst yeah, they're the worst. Uh, how is that guy not dead? Like he was in the treehouse <laughs> as a massive explosion. Just you, you see, like you, you see At flames. Least some shrapnel should have like got <laughs> a piece of him. Yeah, and he's just like covered in dust. I'm like, uh, I don't know. This it would have been good. one of my other. Maybe this should have been a coach's challenge. But like, where are the parents in this movie? Like. <laughs> Literally, like, whose house are they at? Like, did no one hear, like, a huge explosion? And, like, not be like, oh, I should maybe go investigate my children? There's like, I'm sure they're fine. Um, yeah. Mr. Myrtle wasn't coming outside for that explosion. <laughs> um, <laughs> the guy's blind. He probably just thought it was a little junkyard explosion. Pretty, pretty <laughs> maybe, it, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it was just practice for the fireworks show. <laughs> He's he's blind, dude. He's not deaf. <clears throat> I mean, he didn't go outside when his dog got absolutely <laughs> smashed by the fence, dude. Like the guy clearly doesn't give a crap about anything. <laughs> yeah, I think his yeah, I think his question upon like his dog's near death and then return is like, oh, how'd he get out? <laughs> and also, like Mr. Myrtle, have you fed him in like <laughs> years? Like, what's happening? Um, baseballs. That's true. Leave him alone. He's like one of like three parents in the entire town. <laughs> He's not, he, I don't think Mr. Myrtle fathered any children. <laughs> Sounds Why? like a prequel, sequel, and spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. What what woman would, would lay with oh, him? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was a professional athlete. Like... <laughs> The guy had a lot going for him. Please tell me why you think that that would be the case. Yeah, please explain, Tom. I don't know. He had a, he had a surly disposition. I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't like what he was laying down. Could have smiled. Maybe he had a marriage gone wrong. Maybe that's why he's. I don't know. Who knows? What's the real reason he's that way? Uh, tell me, you wouldn't be bitter if someone threw a fastball and blasted your 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 vision out of your head. <laughs> I mean, at least he's still walking and breathing, unlike Pete, dude. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, my favorite scene, bringing it back. Um, my favorite scene. Uh, let's see. First of all, favorite quote is "Heroes get remembered, but legends never die." That's that's one that stuck with me. Um, but my favorite scene was the Benny uh, pickling the beast. Um, not the whole scene. Because, like, once he gets the ball and then the beast is, like, chasing him through town, I kind of hate that part, actually. That's kind of stupid. 
but the very beginning when he hops the fence and like it kind of plays the wet like it's like a slow western song and he's like cracking his fingers and the beast like it's like a sh- it's like a classic showdown uh really like that scene that scene actually seemed to have some good editing which i know hags is a uh, a fan of um but yeah I, I just love that scene it was pretty cool uh the way it was shot and whatnot um but then as i said like the part where they're then like running through the town and like whoa like knocking over birthday cakes and stuff was kind of stupid um any other uh, best quotes or scenes that that didn't quite make the cut or, or ones you wanted to throw in as honorable mentions? Go, going off that scene, Tom, I mean, how, how paralyzed do you think Benny is after he jumps that fence and lands directly on his spine from like a 15 foot fall? No, no, that's uh, when the treehouse, the clubhouse is going to blow up, right? He like jumps out the window of it and lands on his back. Well, he does it like twice oh, no. at the oh, end. You're right. He like, goes back to the sandlot. Like it shows him like literally land. Like that actor might have. Well, maybe that's again. Maybe that's why he was a pinch runner. The yeah. guy clearly took some uh, bumps and bruises throughout his childhood. <laughs> Only thing so, that worked were his legs. Fresh off a spinal fusion at age twelve. <laughs> Let's move on to real versus real. Um, for this for this segment again, if it's based on a true story, we'll we'll do a little comparison of uh, real life versus uh, realism. The movie real. Uh, Sandlot is not, uh, based on true story. It's, it's actually the, apparently there's some elements of it from the director's like childhood or whatever, but, uh, we'll just hit on a few quick facts. Um, we already talked about the shoot time of only 42 days, which is pretty crazy. Uh, the original working title for this film was the boys of summer. Um, I like the Sandlot a lot. But I also like the boys of summer. I don't know. Do you guys lean one way or the other? Which you think is better? Mm, that's a bad title. I don't like do you it. think they would have got the actual boys of summer song as like the theme? Because that would have changed <laughs> things for me. That's a good point. <clears throat> Although I will say this soundtrack is an A plus plus without the boys of summer song. <laughs> so. All right, glad, uh, Mikey. I think in like two out of three of the podcast Mikey's done. He's named the MVP, the soundtrack. So uh, yeah, I have that. I have that here in my notes. Okay. That a boy. Literally says page from Gasset's book soundtrack <laughs> MVP. <laughs> Dude, we've, we've picked quality soundtrack films. What can we say? What yeah. really put you over the top? Was it tequila Hags, during the <laughs> carnival scene? Uh, that's a good one. The, uh, white uh, <laughs> Uh, and now I can't even think of the song playing during the fireworks scene is outstanding. It's America the Beautiful. That, that is great. But it's like it's just a good rendition. Yeah. Uh, that rendition wasn't released until like 1965, which is after this film took place. <laughs> Jumping back to the real versus real. It sounds like that was a mistake. Yeah. Um, all right. I got two other quick ones. Uh, the Beast was uh, the type of dog was an English Mastiff which um, fairly large dogs, I guess they can be up to uh, 250 pounds in real life. So, I mean, those are uh, pretty hulking dogs, but um, I I do have some complaints with the portrayal of uh, the beast in this film. Um, Last thing, uh, Squints, or boy Squints, I guess uh, the director gave him the note uh, before his famous Wendy Peppercorn scene. He told him, keep your tongue in your mouth. Uh, 
which is a pretty interesting thing to say to an 11 year old child for this kissing scene. But I don't know, maybe Squints was getting after it back then. Um, <laughs> I kind of find it sad that that like, needed to be said. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I, maybe Wendy Peppercorn had some concerns. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, apparently that the, the girl who played Wendy was 18 when the film was shot. I'm assuming like, I don't know, I'm guessing the guy who played Squints was probably like 11 or 12. So good luck for him. Good for him. Um, that's all I got for real versus for real. There wasn't, <laughs> Would we there wasn't say that's much. a good look for him? Sexually assaulting a lifeguard? <laughs> no, that he got to kiss someone. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say he got to kiss. I mean, that's like literally the definition of like sexual assault. Excuse me. Let me clarify. Uh, clearly, the scene was set up. So I'm saying it was a good look for the actor in getting to kiss the other actress in a setup scene. I'm not saying didn't sound too thrilled about it. If the director had to tell him no tongue. <laughs> yeah, also given your uh, statement earlier, when, which you said, you think the, the actors had a lot of creative freedom to improvise. <laughs> Who knows? It looks like you're in support of this. So utterly <laughs> disgusting again. Wait, that, that, that actually reminds the me. The scene was written for squints to kiss Wendy freaking peppercorn. It wasn't. I'm Do saying you know that? Did you see the script? Did you, did you sit in on a table read? <laughs> I, mean, I mean that would have been quite a lot of creative freedom if they were like hey we're just gonna film a scene at the pool uh you guys can kind of just like do whatever and like the actor who was playing squints like faked his own drowning <laughs> been planning it for years <laughs> wait that actually reminds me of two very quick qualms with that scene uh, first of all, the actor who played Squints, maybe he was really excited or something for that moment, but uh, he's like very clearly breathing when he's laying on the pool deck <laughs> before she's about to give him CPR. You can literally see his chest rising and falling. Uh, <laughs> so again, not great look from the editors of this movie. Uh, also, when the boys are kicked out of the pool, they literally get all of their personal belongings thrown <laughs> at them immediately. Uh, first of all, were those not locked up and secured? Second of all, how did the people know, like, oh, these are the eight guys who just got kicked out. Let's throw them all of their things. Um, that was, just didn't that make was, any sense. That was my sixth man award winner was uh, the front <laughs> desk attendant at the pool. for was just like another kid. It was like two other kids. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the amount of skills... <laughs> The amount of skills that it would have to take for him to properly find all their belongings and toss them to all the boys literally five seconds after they'd been kicked from the pool. Like, I mean, that's, that's some of the most impressive work I've seen. Uh, so yeah, that, that guy was my sixth man actually, but you got uh, to run a tight ship when you got Wendy Peppercorn up on the chair. Yeah, it was, it was a great move. All right, let's, let's move on to uh politically incorrect moments. Uh, not that we haven't had a few already. <laughs> uh, I think we just covered that. <laughs> let's, let's do the next category of, uh, Again, how this film would be different in 2019 slash politically incorrect moments. I think we all can probably agree on the first one, the the biggest one. Uh, it's it's literally like one of the biggest quotes from the film. The uh, the you play ball like a girl being like the, you know, penultimate like diss that you could give to uh, another baseball player. Uh, obviously, in today's society, that doesn't age too well. Um Thoughts on that? Anyone to hop in? Well, wasn't that brought I, I have not actually seen the sequel, but I watched the trailer for Sandlot 2, and I feel like the main draw is, like, the one guy's like, 
there's like a girl on the team and he's like, you play ball like a girl. And she's like, I am a girl. And they're just like, uh, like that was like literally like the, the big zinger for the trailer. I, I think you're confusing that with the film. She's the man. I, I can assure you I'm not. <laughs> um, That's another good movie. We should yeah. lots, of, lots of issues with the soccer being played in that game. <laughs> Lots of issues with the with the post game locker room showers is my question, but uh, I'm gonna skip that okay, comment. The pod uh, man. The uh, to echo Gasset's comment, I'm honestly wondering if like I just had to look. That movie was made in 2005, Sandlot Two. I'm wondering if they like forced them to write the girl into this crew so they could like. <laughs> Just for that one like line, apology to like apologize. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, obviously, 2019 doesn't age well, but like that line probably didn't age well in like the 80s and 90s. Or I mean, like almost immediately, actually, given that it was filmed does in anyone, the 90s. Does anyone know the plot of Sandlot Three? <laughs> don't, don't just don't. Uh, Sandlot Three, straight to video, 2007, heading home. Tommy is beamed by a speeding fastball that knocks him clean unconscious. Oh, Oh, another Mr. Myrtle. Oh, it's... (laughs) Is this the prequel? Tommy Santorelli, played by Luke Perry, is a major league baseball star whose stats have gotten to his head. One day he steps up to the plate and is beamed by a speeding fastball that knocks him unconscious. He awakens to discover he has been transported back to a scrappy sandlot where he first discovered his love of the game. <laughs> well, I'm intrigued, if I'm being honest. Uh, stay tuned, listeners, for your next pod. Yikes. Oh, cool. Do you say Luke Perry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, I was thinking you... Okay, I don't know. I was thinking Luke Wilson, and I was like, wow, that's quite a dive even for him. <laughs> Uh, it looks like there's a cameo from John Cruck in this film. <laughs> uh, is actually is Luke Perry still with us? Is he the nine hundred two one zero guy that just died? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. <laughs> oh, thank you. Check, please. What you're saying that as someone died? <laughs> well, I'm saying I was correct in the assertion that he had died. Of, no of longer all with the us. worst things you could say after mentioning someone's death, I'm going to say thank you, check please, is in the top ten. You you were scoffing like I was incorrect. I, again, can assure you I was not. Check please. Um, anything else? Uh, anything else that didn't age well from this film? Uh, politically incorrect? I'd say yeah. I'd say the lack of uh, female presence in this film, as we kind of addressed, not just with that line, but I mean. Is there, uh, well, I guess the two women are Wendy Peffercorn and uh, Smalls' mom, which actually I'd say we're in in the movie. Yeah, I'd say we're in good shape. That's all we needed was those two. (laughs) That comment doesn't age well. (laughs) I just think, I think they're great actresses that carried the role for the, uh, for, for women. Actually, it's ironic. uh, Outside of Dennis Leary, Wendy Peffercorn's actress is the only person in this cast with an IMDb credit after like the year 2010, which is pretty wild. She's like still in movies today. I am IMDb lists adult films. She was just in the blockbuster hit Rampage, dude. Come on. 
<laughs> Mike, he's silently shaking his head at you. It's fantastic. <laughs> Let's get into some of the individual awards. Uh, first of all, we'll we'll hit on man of the match and daily dud. Uh, man of the match, we are looking for uh, in-game performance specific. Uh, who who performed the best in the sports scenes, the sports performances. Same thing for Daily Dud, but we're looking for who performed the worst. Um, I'll kick it off with Man of the Match. I went with Ham Porter. Um, he hit some dingers. Uh, you know, in in the game where they play the other team, he hit he hit a homer. Um, he hit he hit some big homers uh, in the Sandlot pickup games. One of which after. Uh, calling out De Nunez and telling him, yeah, give me the fastball. And then he sends it over the wall and he takes his victory trot as everyone's chucking their gloves at him. Uh, but most importantly, we kind of um, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but his work behind the plate, uh, getting in the heads of the of the preppy baseball team, uh, you know, re- really good performance overall. Solid uh, by the great Hambino. And he's he's my man of the match. Uh, how about you, Hags? Took it right off my sheet. Uh, he's really the only one that does anything of value outside of Benny, and I didn't want to give it to Benny. Yeah. Uh, so I got to go with Ham. All right. All right. Did anyone have anyone different? No, I had Ham, actually. Ah, oh, uh, dang it. The pitcher. You go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Give me your Bro- case. Grover? The, the guy throws like probably Jesse pitches from Mighty Duck. Zero days rest. So the guy is. <laughs> sacrificing his arm gonna have tommy john in 10 years uh for the sake of benny's freaking mlb career that clearly sputters to a pinch running role utterly pathetic um and what does the rest of the team do just dick around behind him sickening (laughs) i well i mean it's fair to transition uh he was my daily dud um again his his home run allowed to strikeout ratio is mm. I think infinity to zero. Like I don't think he threw a strikeout in any on scene play. Uh, he wasn't take- trying to strike out his own guys at the sandlot. <laughs> I needed to put the ball in play. Look, man, <laughs> he's, he's supposed to practice. He's actually okay. That's a good point. But I mean, he's taken yard by everyone from Benny to Ham to fucking Smalls takes him yard. He's um, serving up meatballs. He's, he's literally throwing BP. BP. All right, he's got terrible control of the strike zone too. I just, I'd argue he's got great control. He's <laughs> literally grooving it down the no, middle. No. To the, First to of the all, that small the, the puts pitch one out. that Ham hits out of the park is like literally ten feet high and away. Like it's exactly. a miracle that Ham takes that yard. But don't tell me he's not trying to strike people out because he says, Ham, uh, here it comes. Let's see if you can handle my heater. That's the and only it. one. That's the only one. But the other ones are just BP. All right, who's your like, daily like dud? Just that, that was just an anomaly, not the, the norm. Who's your daily dud? Prove me wrong. I mean, I, I mean, you've got to A, just pick the entire opposing team they play. We already <laughs> talked about how like pathetic that entire performance was. And then, I mean, if you're talking daily dud and you're not putting Scotty Smalls in the conversation, then what's wrong with you? <laughs> all right, I need. We needed to do this at some. And point. can we also talk about Bertram, the uh, guy Robert. who they literally say just gets, lo- yeah, who literally gets lost in the '70s is the entire the plot 60s. of Batman. Oh, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, I mean, there, there's your sequel right there. <laughs> yeah. What is, uh, 
what is Grover Bertram doing in the 60s? Um, but that, I mean, that guy's just like the absolute definition of like a goober. And then they bring uh, Smalls in and like, why can't he play? And that's the kid who's like, because he's a geek, man. And I'm like, are you, I mean, God, talk about the pot, call me kettle black, Jen. <laughs> I, I wish I could show you my notes, Gasset. I literally wrote, Pot calling kettle black on Smalls roast fish. <laughs> Literally, all the dudes that are standing around making comments about Smalls are like, Smalls is the most normal looking one of the batch, with the exception of his <laughs> potentially deceased father's hat. But regardless of that, I mean, he's a normal looking kid. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, yes. uh, can, can we have the Smalls conversation now? I've been, I've, I've been yeah. waiting all pot. Like, okay. Um, <laughs> Actually, let, let, let me start here. Full disclosure. Uh, we have some competing podcasts in this space. And, you know, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to accredit those other trash pods. But I may or may not have happened to hop on the Sandlot podcast uh, of, of a competitor. Three minutes into it, I kid you not, the direct quote was given, oh, in this film... Uh, Smalls is hilarious and the guy who plays him does such a good job acting. I immediately turned it off and I knew that these guys were sunk and we were we were going to take over this space. Uh, <laughs> what is this space exactly? <laughs> the, the internet, man. <laughs> it's ours now. We run this game. Sports podcast that make you think a little bit deeper. Um, no, like <laughs> Smalls in this movie is so... It, his character is so bad. First of all, he's terrible. He's like so whiny and bitchy the whole time. The character he plays, like Smalls is always kind of like sweating and like frantic. He like he like makes you super uncomfortable. Like whenever he's talking around screen, and he's like, he's got to get the ball back. <laughs> and he's like, just sweat. Like he's terrible. The guy, he he's absolutely terrible. Uh, I hated him as an actor. <laughs> I I hate him in this film. Uh, oh, I mean, I don't feel <laughs> quite as passionately as, as you do on the topic. Is he not annoying every line but, he fucking no, he, speaks? He, he's annoying. I, I, I'm shocked he turns that around as quick as he does with the rest of those people. Like, I mean, literally, he just, like, shows up to the sandlot, stands in left field, and also, like, nobody notices him. One of my favorite lines of this movie, it's kind of like this subtle back talk, is, like, when when Smalls goes out there, and he sees, I think, like, Timmy Timmons, like, hitting his glove like this, so then he starts doing it, and yeah, yeah, just turns and just goes, what a jerk. Like, it's just, like, it's so good. It's so uncalled for. It's just so funny. Uh, but then, like, yeah, like, how does he, like, get come back from that? Like, if not for the miraculous hit that we talked about earlier from Benny, like, Smalls is a loser the entire season, and he's done. Uh, <laughs> who, 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 who hasn't done Daily Dud yet? Uh, I, I have Daily Duds. It's got to be Timmy and Tommy Timmons. Good call. They are absolutely the worst all-movie I don't know if they did this intentionally, but the copying aspect of them makes them literally two times worse. And uh, shame on their parents if they have any for naming one of their <laughs> Timmy Timmons. Well, we know that they really don't. Tough. Nobody in this town does. <laughs> that is a tough look to name your kids Timmy and Tommy Timmons. Yeah, I knew a guy growing up whose name was Thomas Thomas. Uh <laughs> From what I knew of him, he had a pretty rough life. So, um, which, Shout out which, that guy. which one is the, 
Which one? Yeah, if he's still Timmy with is, us. Timmy is. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Timmy, yes, check, please. Timmy is older. <laughs> so, t- Timmy so. is older, uh, which is actually even worse that they named their first, potentially firstborn, Timmy Timmons. Uh, and then Tommy is listed on IMDb as repeat. I don't ever remember that being his name in the movie. Um, but yeah, Tommy's yeah, the younger. The parents brother. of this town were so checked out. They're probably just like, "What do you want to name your kid?" And like, "Well, fuck it. The last name's Timmons. Let's go Tim." And then like, we'll never have to see him anyways. Toss him outside. <laughs> He's gonna blow up in a tree tree fort fire anyways. Let's just go. Do you think like the mom was definitely drinking during that pregnancy, right? <laughs> Wait, they're twins, right? No. They're not? I believe it's a, I mean, maybe. I think it's an older and a younger brother scenario. That's why the younger uh, one always copies what the older brother says. Oh, that, well, that's nice. That's cute. That's a good moment. Did you okay. watch this film? <laughs> yeah, I watched I watched it. Something good. Um, all right. Yeah, that's a, that's a great Daily Dead call, though. Do, do they ever... Follow up question, Hags. Do they ever like really show them? I think maybe they show them once during the scene where every player gets a hit against the the preppy team. But other than that, you don't really see them. Actually, no. One of them's the first baseman on the team, right? Because you always see him. I don't know. They're not very I'm, memorable. So I yeah, they're not. <laughs> I think one of them was the first one to lay a bunt down in that game too, which is pretty shameful. Uh, yeah. Also, a big miss by the uh, director, writer, editor, whoever. How you don't have the the brothers Timmy and Tommy Timmons up the middle in the infield like turning two, then you're at least like, oh, I get it. The brothers, they got the connection, but they don't even play that up at all. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I would have liked to see some uh, some some of those turn twos. The Timmons turn two uh, yeah. is actually a pretty good name for a spinoff <laughs> show as well. <laughs> speaking speaking of missed opportunities here. How do we not get like a whole like five minute scene or something interspersed throughout the whole film where all the players have like handshakes for each other? Like, I feel like that's a fucking layup is just give. OK, don't give me that look, Hags. All the players need to have handshakes. That was like a thing in the yeah. 60s. That's a good point. <laughs> ah, fuck. <laughs> um. All right, guys, I'm excited for this next category. I don't think we've been able to do it yet for a film because it doesn't apply to all films, actually most films. Uh, but we are going to... Have we done this one before, Mikey, the Dean Portman? Um, I think we did it for Remember the Titans, but it, it didn't go well. <laughs> Fair. Um, so, well, it is with great pleasure and excitement that we now move on to the Honorary Dean Portman Award. Uh, this award is given out to an actor who's clearly egregiously older than the, uh, character they were meant to portray. Um, we could go the other way with it where they could be like egregiously younger, but I feel like that's a lot less common in Hollywood. It's usually older. Uh, this is a hard one cause I don't really know what age they're all supposed to be. I don't think they're all supposed to be like the exact same age. I think Benny right. was supposed to be the older kid. I think Tommy Timmons was supposed to be the younger brother. It's hard to say. So, okay, that's actually a really good point. So mine, the thing I thought was obvious, but maybe it wasn't due to the stunned silence. uh, My call was Benny. Um, 
his character definitely looks older. He, you know, he like dresses a little bit differently. He looks kind of bigger than everyone. Uh, and that was my thought. Maybe, maybe it's not that he's like meant to be 11. Maybe it's actually a scenario where the kid's like 15, but playing with a bunch of like 11 year olds, which (laughs) that's actually like, that was kind of a thing in like the neighborhood. Like there was always the one kid who was like much older and then he'd like dominate when he'd play like sports sports with the kids so like is that what benny is was he just like the older kid and that's why everyone's like man this guy's a legend he's so good um my only other point to to justify that is when they go to the fair uh before the uh spew spew city scene benny goes it's kind of like a throwaway scene but he's like oh guys like the night's on me and then like proceeds to like buy everyone's tickets for everything so like are we meant to believe benny has like a full-time job or like like how old is benny meant to be that he just pays for everyone's like ride tickets and stuff benny's the closest thing to a competent parent we have in this movie (laughs) i i on behalf of uh mrs smalls i'm gonna have to disrespectfully disagree you just brought up a good point as well tommy that uh if he wouldn't have blown all the money at the fair like they had to literally go later there's a line like everybody go spread out collect bottles so we can recycle them and get a ball but he had just like dropped a 20 spot at the fair for like one (laughs) ride so that's (laughs) pretty poor money management again poor parenting i'm sure Okay, so anyone else for the Dean Portman Award other than Benny? But I guess that's a fair criticism, is if the kids weren't all meant to be the same age, then what are we what are we doing here? How about how about adult Benny who looks like he's like fifty-five <laughs> and he's like the number one like stolen base guy in the MLB? I mean again, he he I will agree with Mikey that he looks like Rafa Palmero. Um Don't go I Rafa. literally thought that was him like making a cameo. I actually think Have I we confirmed well. that it isn't. No, because it's it's his it's the young Benny's actual real life brother. It's his real life brother, Palmero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're done. Uh, yeah. a lot. Um all right, let's move on quickly to the uh the Buddy Garrity skewed priorities award. I actually didn't have someone for this, so I'll open it up to. Uh, I know, I know who who mentioned it earlier. Hags did, I think, with uh, Benny. Go, go, state your case. Yeah, I mean, Mikey pretty much already did, and we just kind of put some more fuel on the fire. If he really is like significantly older than all these kids, that he literally just recruited a bunch of kids in the neighborhood to help him, like practice fielding grounders and hitting <laughs> cutoff men and stuff like that, so he could make the league. Uh, but it seems like he treats them well if he's paying for their nights at the carnival, I guess. Uh, but I'm not sure if he was a true friend or just really trying to, to make it out of that terrible parentless town that they lived in. Another uh, quick thing I wanted to note, uh, we are talking about poor parenting. I don't know if this is poor parenting or good parenting. I didn't realize until the rewatch that uh, Benny's birth name is Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez. <laughs> so, ah. There's not a lot of creativity from the parents of this town uh, with the Tommy and Timmy and the Benjamin Franklin name drop. All right. So uh, I think uh, Dennis Leary could have skewed priorities. In this movie. <laughs> I agree with this. I couldn't quite great take. I couldn't like vocal. I couldn't quite vocalize why. So, what are your thoughts on the justification for that call? Uh, I mean, 
right off the bat, just um, when he's asking or when uh, Smalls asking him to learn how to play catch, theoretically, it's like a weekend because he's home. And I don't think in the 60s they had the work from policy, work from home <laughs> policy that uh, us us in the workforce have today. But um, so I would assume it's a weekend. Like, why is he grinding out something on a weekend for work and and refusing to play baseball with his stepson? One. Um, two, he leaves, leaves town for a whole week and, and leaves Smalls in charge, which is just a terrible idea, obviously. And, and just in general, not, not, um, um, connecting with his stepson is, is sickening that he doesn't even know who Babe Ruth is. I mean, again, I think he's slowly trying to take Smalls out of the picture. That's, that's the thing is he's, he wants Mrs. Smalls all to himself. That's why he's dropping curves on a kid who can't even catch a regular ball. And that's why he's beating him with a stake when he gets to black eye. <laughs> oh, I, do, you, do you think his uh, quote unquote business trip was him maybe tying up some loose ends from Smalls's uh, biological father? <laughs> that's, a, that's a sequel. I might. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. hundred um, yeah. percent. Um, all right, we're getting towards the end. We've got a few categories left. Um, one of my favorites, personal favorite categories, sequels, prequels, or spinoffs. We've already tossed out about 10 options. Um, so yeah, this might be a quick category, but were there any we didn't hit on or any other ideas you guys have? I mean, I guess this movie did have two, uh, sequels technically, but I'm not going to really acknowledge either of those. So other than that, anything else that comes to mind that we haven't addressed? I want a little bit on the uh, the great Hambino's wrestling career. Not bad. It actually just occurred to me that the scene where the Sandlot plays like the uh, organized team might actually be a prequel to the Bad News Bears series of movies. I <laughs> uh, would have loved a little like nod to uh, put uh what's his name out in the outfield just drinking and watching that team get torn to shreds by the sandbox <laughs> incredible theory on the shared universe <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is all within the I'd 90s say, baseball universe movie right? are you talking about the reboot with billy bob thornton or the yeah, original no. with walter <laughs> Matthau? i mean <laughs> either really <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was just, yeah. Um, the only one I had, which, which, you know, it's, it's kind of a layup, but, uh, I'd love to see like a CW show, uh, about high school age squints and, you know, college slash recently graduated from college age, Wendy Peppercorn and kind of just following that romance, uh, seeing I how that'd be better on like a free form type network, maybe. Okay. I'm partial to the CW, but I'll accept that. Uh, I guess is is that Wendy didn't didn't go off to college. She probably stuck around town. They take over mm. Vince's drugstore. What age do you think they first? Yeah, okay, fair. What age do you think they first get together? Because uh, I mean, we're talking what seven year <laughs> age difference. Um, I'm I'm guessing something could have been a foul there, a little statutory type scenario. Forbidden love, man. Probably right after, right after uh, the summer ended, they they got into couple season, <laughs> as they say. Oh, Jesus. 
Um, so what? So in this scenario, Wendy's about nineteen, and and Squints is pushing twelve. I mean, as even she's, she's, I mean, at most she's seventeen. He's eleven, right? Did we say? Yeah, that seems okay in my book. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I'm okay with it. Squints was mature for his age. He, you know. And right. silence from the rest of the I'll pod. take it. I'll take it by your silence that you two agree. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think of a YouTube series in which uh, just, you know, baseball Sundays with James Earl Jones and the Sandlot boys? Does that have legs or is that a non-starter? Well, like, are they, are they, they just talking, about, talking baseball about baseball or are they trying to play? What are they doing? Yeah, is that, yeah they're trying James to play. Mr. Myrtle I mean, I guess Mr. Myrtle could probably hit dingers off of fucking Kenny Danunez. Serving okay. those up. Okay, that's enough. Nunez is going to give him another high and tight fastball. <laughs> yeah, really put the guy out of his misery. <laughs> no, 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 he, he knocked he, it back the right way. Yeah, he, he knocks the eyesight back to him. Wait, wasn't that the plot of Sandlot 3? <laughs> <laughs> no, he knocks his eyesight back into him, and then it's uh, the the runs right into the rookie. Fucking James Earl Jones takes the Quaid role. <laughs> I'm not convinced you've not seen the Sandlot or the rookie. <laughs> it's in there. Also, also definitely... the rookie, Dennis Quaid, is a child, and you claim that no one would ever lay with James Earl Jones. <laughs> uh, good point. That's the only. That's the only hole in that plot. Um. All right. Let's move along. We got. Uh. We still got to hit the MVP and LVP of the film here. Uh. Of course, the big difference between MVP and LVP as opposed to man of the match and daily dud is we're looking for overall film performance here. And this can apply to actors, you know, producers, soundtracks as Mikey and Hags will love to tell you, uh, chin. I'll always start with you to see if you actually have a contribution. Uh, did you have an MVP for this film? Um, yeah, not probably not too creative, but, uh, Hamilton Porter, I don't think has any like negative, like negatives against him. Uh, and just provide some some good quotes and some uh, good comedy throughout the movie. So he takes the MVP role for me. Simple, straightforward, but I like it. I like it. Uh, Mikey? I'm going to go Squints. Um, you know, the, the man ends up marrying way out of his league uh, with Wendy Peppercorn. He gets a small business with Vincent's Drugstore. He has nine kids. He basically can form his own team, pulling a Benny of just lording over younger people to improve your own baseball skills. Um, as far as I literally go through, like, wherever and else is in their life, I'm saying Squints came out on top. Ahead of the Major League Baseball player? Yeah, the pinch runner. Yeah, absolutely. Who's <laughs> um, lighting as a Rafael Palmero lookalike? <laughs> I went squints as well. Uh, some of the same reasons, but mostly for the single, uh, the the Wendy Peppercorn fake drowning pool scene. Uh, just an all timer again. Probably a little. So you're bit. saying his sexual assault <laughs> is the MVP performance? I just want to clarify that for all the listeners. Uh, yeah. Again, the scene doesn't necessarily age well in 2019, but. Uh, Setting setting aside uh, those aspects of it, the look, man, crazy crazy scenario, incredible 
the way he thought it out. I timed it. He was underwater for 45 seconds total. Um, all these are pretty impressive. And again, this could have gone highly amiss if, if you know, one of the male lifeguards who was standing right there had been <laughs> to start performing the CPR. Um, I, mean, I would think that he had the presence of mind to just change his plan if, if that was happened. I don't think he would. Have, you know. <laughs> oh, well. I don't know. Squints was committed. Well, <laughs> well <laughs> fuck it. I've gone this far. <laughs> he was holding his breath underwater. He didn't need actual CPR. That was the whole bit. <laughs> Squints is my MVP. It was, you know, it might have been inappropriate, it might have been out of line, but uh, it, whatever. He it was got, just, the, just he got the girl. Up, he got Stood the girl, up. man. He got the girl. Hags MVP. Uh, yeah, the soundtrack. <laughs> nice, great soundtrack. Uh, I had to do. You know, it's one of those soundtracks where you've heard all the songs. The songs kind of put you in a in a good spot, but you don't actually know all the names of them. The couple that you know, Lion Sleeps Tonight, This Magic Moment, Tequila, America the Beautiful. I mean, just all legendary songs. Great soundtrack. It is a good soundtrack. Which one? What did you say? Tequila? That's the one I don't know. Tequila. Tequila. Oh, okay, okay. I got you. That's the one at the uh, carnival? Yeah. I didn't know that's what it was called, actually, but that's cool. Um. All right, let's 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 uh, move right on to LVP. Uh, I'm gonna go first before you guys can torpedo another one of my takes. Um, my runner-up, first of all, was portrayal of canines. Uh, I thought it was absolutely uncalled for that they just made this you know large dog out to be some heinous monster. Uh, really inconsistent in terms of the beast's size and temperament. Uh, he goes from being like the size of a house to just, again, like a fairly large dog. But that was my runner up. My actual LVP was the film careers of the Sandlot cast. Um, you know, you would have thought like a lot of them would go on to some, you know, decent success following this film. But I looked at their IMDb's. Most of them are in pretty much nothing of note after this, save again, we talked about how a few of them were in mighty ducks, uh, and that's pretty much the most noteworthy for most of them. Uh, I the Big Green, which is a fantastic movie. Yeah, that was one. Okay, so that's like an anomaly there. Um, <laughs> by far, though, the most successful film career, which is crazy, is, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, Tom Guyery, who is the dude who plays Smalls. Uh, he actually went on to be in U571, which underrated film. Uh, Mystic River, Black Hawk Down, and then he was in a TV show that I actually really liked called The Black Donnellys. Um, the funny thing in it is, in most of those roles, he although he's like more of an adult, uh, he he has a lot of the same mannerisms, which is just like he's kind of this like skittish, like manic, like always like sweaty kind of, uh, yeah, just like super like on edge individual and stuff. So he's like not very likable pretty much in any of his roles, but he actually had a fairly successful film career, which again, can't, can't really be said for the majority of the Sandlot cast. Um, uh, can, go can, ahead. I, can I jump in on going off not successful careers? Sure. Uh, here, here you, we go. Go ahead. Do, do, do you, do you, have you seen how like Benny, the jet Rodriguez is like a firefighter in San Francisco? 
Uh, yeah, then he like recently was like arrested for like beating the guy to death. But then like because he's a firefighter, they like brought him back. They literally said his pull. Like, I was looking this up earlier, and they literally said like him and like his like fireman crew on Holly like on Halloween like beat a guy to the point where his pulse stopped. Then like they brought him back to life, and I guess like he just like got acquitted of the charges like very recently. <laughs> I did not know that. I knew I knew that he quit acting like after this movie and became a firefighter, but wasn't aware of that backstory. Yep. <laughs> uh, brought him to that the fire safety concerns of the vacuum explosion in the treehouse, or <laughs> <laughs> who who did LVP Hags? Is it you? Uh, yeah, I just had the casting director. Uh, <laughs> I mean. Mighty Ducks came out the year prior and to like recast some of the kids from that movie into another coming of age sports movie. I mean, just pretty lazy move to have Jesse Hall be in this movie. Um, and also Luis Mendoza, although I don't believe he came out till D2. Um, it, it's just interesting. Yeah. I guess it's not fully the casting director's fault, but were there only like 40 male child actors at this time because all of these movies have so much overlap in terms of the kids that play the the crew uh chin mentioned the big green we're talking about mighty ducks uh sandlot has overlap too it's just interesting that there wasn't a, a larger talent pool i guess were they done uh mighty ducks is disney right i don't know were, were they done by like the same uh same studio to maybe they're just like whatever just grab this kid again i mean i yeah i definitely yeah, agree hags it's lazy but uh i mean that would be like the explanation not necessarily the justification yeah well, it might have been just some of those actors were a little more like popular too like i feel like the kid who played ham was just like a staple it's like you just wanted him in your movie for a little draw good point so these yeah these kids were the i mean what well, here, how about this? Like, what if they grab, you know, who was like a real big, like, child star of this day? Like, was this like the Macaulay Culkin era or something like that? Like, what if we grabbed one of those really big names? Would that have, like, made this movie better or worse? I kind of like that there's not like a one, you know, one big star that kind of sucks the sucks the attention. You know what I mean? Outside of James Earl Jones. Yeah, I mean, like, as far as the team goes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's move on to the very last category. Cause I can tell Ryan's getting a little cranky. Uh, probably time for him to catch some sleep here. Uh, the post game presser, we're going to address some hot takes. Not that we haven't already. We're going to go over any lingering questions, some hypotheticals, uh, things we still have as we wrap up this film. What was the one we talked about? And we said we'd put a pin in it and come back to it. I forgot. Well, we kind of talked about it. It was basically, did Dennis Leary murder Scotty's original <laughs> father? <laughs> oh, yeah. what, what happened to Smalls' father? Um, I think we've gotten to the bottom of. Do you think it was a murder? I don't know. Like, could, could it not have been some sort of, like, drug overdose or something, just given Smalls' personality, like, as a... <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying Smalls led his birth father to an overdose? <laughs> I mean, oh he, he couldn't have—he couldn't have been a fun kid to 
live with and try to raise. In your scenario, was Benny running the drugs with his gang <laughs> of children? Maybe that that's is the, that is the finale episode when they put those pieces together. That's that's why Benny took him under the wing is he had the guilt. Oh, oh. he sold uh, Smalls's dad the drugs. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Check, check please. <laughs> uh, <that's Yeah>. <laughs> Green light. Um, Green light this one. <laughs> but what's what what's what's Dennis Leary's motivation for the murder? Just because Smalls, Smalls is his mom. Smalls his mom is a she's a dime. That's fair. I'll 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 agree with that. All right. So we've answered that. Um <laughs> somewhat related, here here's my question. Uh Wendy Peppercorn or Mrs. Smalls, who do you got? Can can we throw out an age? Who do you guys? <laughs> They're both of age. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. Picture this as you're watching it as a young teenage boy in your formative years. Wendy. Okay. Yeah, it had to have been Wendy. Yeah, Wendy. Yeah, yeah. You don't really appreciate the beauty of Mrs. Smalls until you have learned a thing or two. <clears throat> she, to me, she doesn't even bring anything to the table as far as like being a good mother. Like, there's no, there's nothing really there for me, really. Are you talking about Wendy or Mrs. Smalls? <laughs> Mrs. Smalls. I mean, we. You, you don't think she could cook you a nice dinner? I don't know. They don't show. They don't show that. So. Well, they, she can't. She can't because Dennis Leary keeps smacking steaks into Smalls's face. <laughs> who, who took this New York strip again? <laughs> um. All right, I'd probably agree too. I'll, I'll go with Wendy. Uh, I just wanted to throw the throw the argument out there. Um. Oh, it just occurred to me that she is from Animal House. I knew she was from some other stuff. Mrs. Mrs. Smalls? Raiders of the Lost Ark, Animal House. Here's a fun one. Uh, Ranking the ball recovery attempts. Uh, So I think there were four total. I'll list them quickly. The the wooden stick was the first one, literally just kind of crudely trying to recover the ball with a stick. Uh, we move on to the vacuum suction. Uh, the third one is the yeah, yeah, airlift. And the fourth one is the uh, motorized erector set into the mechanical catapult. Uh, I guess now as I list these, it, well, no, I, I won't say they're in order of effectiveness uh, from worst to best. Um, wh- what do you guys think? Which one did you have the most faith in potentially working out? Uh, I think the vacuum almost worked the most. They had time. They just didn't pull it up. You got it. Pull it up. <laughs> uh, that's that's a good call. I, I thought the vacuum scene was going to work, but I will say that's not true. The one that should have by far worked the best or came closest was the Yaya yeah, yeah airlift, and here's why. He literally oh, has he, the ball in his hand. That's he true. gets lifted up and then he just drops it. Like he literally drops it while he's like fully lifted up. So if he had just held on to the baseball, then probably that kid solved. also literally has like a mental breakdown. Like as they're pulling him up, do you see him? He like literally does like the cartoon like finger on the lips. Like, ah, ah. <laughs> what was that? What was he? What was he trying to articulate? I, I, there? He was just so <laughs> petrified in fear. It's all he could do. Uh, yeah, that also, how, how did yeah, yeah, like get like designated to do that role? Like, why are they not putting the Tommy Timmons over the fence? Like, <laughs> at least put your most expendable asset over there because they knew Tommy couldn't throw the ball back over the fence. Yeah, the worst case, worst case scenario is now you're you got rid of Tommy. 
Yeah, or maybe small is like best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, pretty good friends that they didn't like make smalls just do like all of this, like anything that yeah, right? he should have yeah. been smalls. <clears throat> yeah, smalls is a little shit too. And then when like Benny's like, Thank oh, I'm gonna you. go jump over the fence, and smalls like, oh, Benny, like you don't have to do this, but like get the fuck over that fence, man. Let's go. <laughs> like he's just like so like nonchalant, like oh no, seriously, Benny, you don't have to, but this is like pushing him towards the fence. Like go to hell, smalls. Speaking speaking of that scene, they they make a big deal about uh, the the PF flyers and like <laughs> you know how they're these like incredible shoes, but when you look at it. Uh, Benny's already wearing the PF exact flyers. Same shoes. Yeah, they're just like older shoes, or they're just like more worn. Also, do you love how they can't afford ninety nine cents <laughs> to go buy a ball, and then Benny just goes and buys brand new pairs of PF flyers? Yeah, Benny is holding out on, from the drug game or whatever. He <laughs> time, uh, time on range payments and can pay for the carnival, can pay for new shoes. Uh, yeah, there's something going on there for sure. Uh, I mean, we saw Benny's speed in this film, like. Dude, dude didn't pay for those shoes. That's all I'm going to say. I have one post-game presser uh, comment to make, and it may kind of throw the whole movie, but I would argue that Dennis Leary never notices that that ball is swapped to the handwritten Babe Ruth autograph. Uh, I agree with that. It's possible. The the other thing, a related note to that, um, yeah, number one, maybe Dennis Leary never notices that. Number two, um, after the first attempt to recover the ball, like the beast then like grabs it again, like tears up the stick. And then they like the next scene, it shows the ball again. And this thing is like destroyed. It's like covered in mud and saliva and like chewed up. It's like at that point, even if you recover the ball, you're still fucked. Like, the dad is like, there's no way you're going to clean that to the point where the dad wouldn't notice still. So that was another thing there is like that ball just got destroyed pretty early on. Yeah, for sure. I, they were better off. We also talk about smalls, like continuity mistakes of like, he literally doesn't know who Babe Ruth is. And he's like, James Earl Jones, like George. And then smalls like, Oh yeah, George Herman Ruth. Yeah, that's him. I hated it. I hated that. You didn't know who Babe Ruth was, but you know, his entire like backstory. Like what the fuck? Yeah, I think they were trying to do that to, like, show, like, how much Smalls had, like, learned and, like, become part of the gang and stuff. But, yeah, I thought that was really stupid. Like, earlier he literally says, like, he thought, like, Babe Ruth was, like, a woman. And then he's like, oh, yeah, George Herman Ruth, that's him. For the, I mean, for the listeners at home, what, (laughs) Chin, 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 I I believe he was urinating, uh, just (laughs) with the mic muted, he's now left the podcast. Haggerty was being fed, uh what appeared to be a delicious dinner uh i mean as, it's been a two-hour ordeal <laughs> that's fair all right let's let's wrap it up here mikey uh final takeaways from this this movie i i started this pod saying this is in my top three favorite movies of all time and after talking with all three of you i feel like we've managed to ruin ruin this for me so thank you for that that's i know i know i feel like we did do a lot of sandlot bashing here but i i will say it's a thoroughly just start to finish like pure entertainment it's it's up there for me it, you know it's a fun watch uh it's fun watching kids play baseball and it's fun watching them you know go through their different hijinks and and stuff like that so i mean for all the for all the qualms we have with it uh you know i i, I agree it's 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 a great movie it's a fun watch and you know especially the first couple times i saw it as a kid it was it was certainly a fun time 
Um, Hags, any final thoughts before we uh, kiss the listeners goodbye? Uh, no, no, I would just agree with uh, agree with what you guys are saying. Like, obviously, the goal of this pod is to dive in extra deep on these movies and how they were made and the plot holes and things like that. But uh, to your point, too, this was a great movie as a kid. It's a great movie now. Still watching it. Uh, to name drop your potential sponsor, Stranger Things. Uh, it just kind of has that like coming of age crew all together, Goonies, Stranger Things, Sandlot type feel uh, yeah. that makes it a, a classic. I agree. I feel like anytime you've got a movie or a TV show where it's like, oh, we got to get the team together, uh, it's, it's send it up for a good time, whether it's Sandlot, Ocean's 13. Fast and Furious 8. <laughs> all right, folks, that is our look at the Sandlot. For those of you who stuck with us through it all, thank you for that. Thank you again to all of our sponsors, both Real and Imagined. Uh, we are going to try to release one podcast a week, um, so stick with us. Follow us on our Instagram page, at Varsity Views Pod, where we'll give you updates about upcoming podcasts and podcasts that we've just released. Uh, if you've got any thoughts, comments, or uh, if you'd like to directly address um, any of the topics or issues we talked about, feel free to send us a DM on that account. Otherwise, this is Tom Runger, Mike Gassett, Ryan Haggerty, and Chris Chin saying thanks for sticking with us and keep it classy, folks. Oh, yeah. I, th- I thought you said the great Bambi. Oh, yeah. That, that whip it, dear. dear. Huh. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's about time, Benny. My clothes are going out of style. They already are squints. Yeah, they already are squints. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>